Back again to the Heavy Shelf Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Richards, and with me, as always, I'm happy to have Luca. Hey! And Moose. Hello. And uh, today we're going to be talking about two. I don't know if one's bigger than the other. I guess it's just up to preference of what you want to hear about, really. But. Sorry, I'm seeing a, te- a technical difficulty that's uh, getting my attention here. But if, if, <laughs> I, I, I wondered while, what was wrong. I was like, uh, wh- did I while just I fix it, while I fix it, um, if Moose can volunteer himself to preface the modding story about how war, um, Warframe, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it away. Don't, came don't from, worry. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, you fix whatever yeah, me, you got to fix. Yeah. So, uh, first, first topic for today, right? Warcraft three. Uh Great game. Man, a lot of memories. Um, that and StarCraft 2. Well, the original StarCraft before that. Um, anyway, yeah, the the kind of kind of last bastion of RTS games. Uh, Warcraft 3 has the unique um, honor, I guess, of being the birthplace of the very first MOBA game. Wow, that's that's pretty big. Um, so, of course, Defense of the Ancients, Dota, the original Dota, started off as a mod for the Warcraft 3 game mode. And there's there's a ton of mods for Warcraft 3, like just just loads besides Defense of the Ancients. Of course, that was like the most popular one. Um, but I mean, you know, there was a battleships mode. There was a tower defense mode. Uh, there was custom campaigns and stories that people would make. And these special modded game modes more or less what are you doing to my little guy there <laughs> exactly I'm, I'm trying to do the magic but now you called it out go on go on. <laughs> the um these these mods kept the community for for a game that's like what 17 years old it kept the community pretty darn alive um mm-hmm. and so you know th- these these are projects that people would spend a very long time working on um that the community would really come together around well uh just Two days ago, yesterday, uh, Warcraft three refor uh, three days ago. Warcraft three reforged comes out, right? This is a quote unquote reimagining of um the the RTS game Warcraft three, um, and it it bombs hard for a lot of reasons, but one particular reason is because of a very interesting little snippet of Blizzard's acceptable use policy. Um, so I'm, I'm going to read off the exact quote here. Uh, in the acceptable use policy, Blizzard says, Custom games are and shall remain the sole and exclusive property of Blizzard. Without limiting the foregoing, you hereby assign to Blizzard all of your rights, title, and interest in and to all custom games, including but not limited to any copyrights in the content of any custom games. So so basically what that means is if you make a custom game, um, Blizzard owns that. And of course, the reason is they don't want another another Dota moment. They don't want to have someone make a custom game that is amazing and then becomes one of the biggest games in esports history. 
They want to own that. They want to be able to use it for their own good. Yeah, the important um, bit with Dota isn't, you know, is is that it became the uh, one of the biggest games in esports history, and it wasn't theirs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And so they're looking at a game that started on their game that they don't own. Um, so obviously they want to prevent another one of those instances from happening. But people are not happy um, because now this means that people's work, their mods for the game, they don't even own, according to Blizzard. Um, and this is this is only one thing. Uh, oh, so you're talking about assets that they made and not just uh, rule no, sets? Well, technically, the mod, even if it uses in-game assets, is their creation if they use you know their own custom coding and stuff like that. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, um, gotcha. But, but, it, but it says... Um, all your rights, title, and interest in and to all custom games um, and copyrights of the content of custom games. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure legally, I'm, I'm not a legal expert, not, not in copyright law, definitely. Um, but I'm pretty sure that means even if you were to make custom uh, models and stuff like that and writing for the purpose of having in custom games in that form, it would then belong to Blizzard. So that, that that's that's of course a little bit of a little bit of me assuming, but the way that it's worded seems pretty darn holistic. That if you make something for a custom game, Blizzard gets that that ownership of it. So I want to kind of feel the room on this, Luca. What's your stance on it? Um, Blizzard owns everything, understandably. And, and this I'm, doesn't. I'm, just... I'm not saying you say that. I'm like like this yeah, is yeah, just yeah, the yeah. way I'm framing the question. Like um. It's it's an interesting or topic. It should be like free for all. It's Go it's on. an interesting topic because there's a lot of factors going on here. Because you know I I can sort of sympathize with Blizzard for desiring to keep whatever you know might blow up on the basis of their game, right? Um, and you know like I can't necessarily blame uh, them for that, but it doesn't necessarily seem like the best tactical decision as far as like keeping their new game alive, you know? Because mm-hmm. um. Again, like Moose said at the top of the story, they kept the the old version alive for you know forever and a day because it was such a wild west free for all, and people could use it to do what they want. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who, you know, they they probably never were thinking they were going to make you know a huge amount of money off doing the custom games anyway, and they'll persevere and they'll you know it, it'll be uh, whatever. Well, maybe not considering how hard the game bombed, but you know, in an ideal world, but. I, I can't help but feel there would be some level of discouragement there, you know? Um, even even if you don't, like, believe that you're going to make profit off something you put your, your sort of time and effort into, I think it there's still a bit of a slap in the face when someone says, yeah, but this is ours, though, you know? Just to the morale to do it. So mm-hmm. I, I get that, you know, they probably have the right to and all, but I don't know that they really should have. For their own good. Okay, and Moose, what do you think? Well, I mean, just to just to clarify, this this isn't just the custom campaigns that people make or the custom game modes. It also includes custom maps, and custom maps is is a pretty big part of that as well. You know, making new battlefields and stuff like that. Um, Keeping the game fresh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they already shot themselves in the foot when they did some of the stuff that removed features from Warcraft Three. Uh, there's there's a, a list of features that Warcraft 3 had that when the remaster was introduced, they retroactively, is that the right word? I don't know. They they yeah. removed it from 
Warcraft 3, the non-remastered version, because the new remastered version didn't have those features. Like, that, that, that's, that's already a big mistake, but that's very forgivable, because they say, okay, we'll push those updates out, and then everybody, you know, moves along their day. Um, people are really angry about this. I mean, it, it's just, they've, they've, already, they've already destroyed themselves with this. This, is, th- this game has a .8 on Metacritic now. That is the lowest I've ever seen a Metacritic store, uh, score. I don't I don't think any game has that low because it's a it's a remaster and they screwed it up somehow when you're just adding new textures to the game. Some of the animations are awful and laughable. The the final we own all your custom games, it's just it's just icing on the cake. I think that it harms game developers because, you know, whether or not you have a studio, the ability to creatively express yourself like the original makers of Dota did. I mean, you're a game developer. You might not be using your brand, you know, your brand new or your very own game, um, but but it harms that kind of creativity. It, it decentivizes it, um, and I think it is going to have long term harmful impacts on the community who doesn't want to create anything that they can't say they did. Uh, and uh. you know, with 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 modding, it's become a more recent phenomenon. Um, with Bethesda, particularly, some of the really best high quality modders are getting hired by these companies for their work. And, you know, they're, they're actually getting jobs for what they're able to show off. And if I do a passion project in Warcraft three and it's not even mine, I mean, that's just, that's just a slap in the face. So I, I think it's, I think it's wrong on a lot of reasons and practically it hurts the game as well. It's, it's, it's a big mistake. Uh, here's to here's answer my funky on... pinch in the chat real quick. We're talking about Warcraft uh, Three Reforged. Um, they've they've made it so that they own any mods people make. Sorry, they just mentioned they had joined late. Go on, Wes. No problem. <clears throat> so my stance on this is that it sounds like they pretty much just said the quiet part out loud when it comes to relationships with devs and modders, in that really the the devs have always owned the stuff no matter what. They're just being upfront with it this time. And it's kind of like, I get it, but could you not be like this? You know? Well, I don't However, think, I don't think that's necessarily it. Um, I think that before the devs were saying that they owned the assets used. So if I make a custom campaign and I use, well, I'm not talking about the, just this one. I'm talking about overall when you have any games, that have um, mods that you can put in there and stuff. If they were to take it to court, those devs would almost always win. Well, I, I have something to say here, but they just never go down that road. I, 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 I don't, I don't know how 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 true I think that is because when you look at something, um, like mods for for more open games, right? So so Fallout Four is a good example. When you have people who create new um, player models, uh, and I guess models for NPCs as well on that matter, and then they model new weapons and record new sounds and add new code to do that, I, I would have a hard time believing that the game company could say, oh, well, you created all of this, but it's in our game, so we own it, which is what they're doing here. And it, it, it doesn't matter what resources you use or don't use. I mean, for, from, from what they say, the custom, the custom games could include 
the script for a custom campaign. Um, and, and that's, that's some seriously dicey stuff for someone to write a custom campaign for Warcraft 3 and not own the rights to the thing that they wrote. Because, I mean, how, how, can you, how can you claim ownership of a story that you didn't even write unless you explicitly say, like they do in the acceptable use policy, um, The we same way Nintendo has crushed every single fan-made game that included Pokemon. They, well, those are you could call those Pokemon the assets, but they wrote different stories. It's not assets, it's not this. Got well, all no, these I'm, I'm well, talking about all the stories. Do you mind if I interject here? So, uh, I think fundamentally, you know, any game that includes Pokemon, that's not quite the same thing going on because basically, what that company has done is they've taken a a IP, a, a piece of uh, uh, Nintendo's intellectual property, right, and they have uh, put it in their own product right and and that is a violation on nintendo's uh, and then sold it for profit and everything um and that's a violation on nintendo's copyright well, these wait, fan wait, games wait. weren't being sold okay well they're, they're distributing it. It, it i think it's still a violation on the copyright um whereas what's happening here is that i don't think anyone uh like okay let's take um uh mods like do you remember when steam i think it was started making mods like a payable thing like you had to pay mm-hmm. for mods on Steam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't think that uh Steam or the people who made the mods and were selling them through Steam were claiming ownership of uh like all the code for Skyrim or whatever. Um I think that they were claiming ownership of specifically the code involved in making that mod. Right? Yes. Um and so I think the situation is you know, maybe his, for lack of having stated it in a lot of cases, has been that people who create, uh, you know, basically extra content that builds on the foundations of, you know, content owned by gaming companies own that content they put on top of it. In the same way that, like, um, how would you say? Like, if you make a, a, a document, like, you write a document in, like, Word or whatever, Microsoft doesn't, like, own the thing you wrote in Word. Uh, that's not the best example, but you, you get what I mean. I I think I get what you're saying because you were talking earlier about um, distributing it. So to kind of marry our two points together, um, you're saying it's not that um, they're saying that they that they own it, or they would be trying to say that they own it if they packaged it and di- distributed separately from yeah, if like the, the Pokemon games. But if, let's if say they took, if, if they took like with these modders, they're putting it within Warcraft. For instance, they're not saying they own Warcraft now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like if someone wrote a custom book and then put it in Skyrim, <laughs> in, in, in the books you read on the shelf. But if they tried to take Skyrim out of Skyrim I, and then say, no, no, I'm selling, I'm just simply selling these books in this modded separate game, the library of Skyrim. Yeah, I, I think like, no, like if, if they were to take like a bunch, rip a bunch of the code out of uh, this Warcraft game and then like mod it on top of that and then sell that as their own product, I think that is when... Uh, Blizzard would be able to traditionally slap them down and be like, nah, ours. You know, I think this is a different situation. And I think that um, it's important to note that Blizzard has been doing this with their games for a long time. This is not, like, new from what I understand. Apparently, uh, the earliest I saw was one game they, came, uh, they had come out in, like, 2011 had this same thing going on where it was, like, any anything you mod on top of it, ours. That's ours. Right? You agree to that by, you know, buying and, and playing the game. That's ours, right? Um... And I've seen people go, well, why is this news then? And I think that's an interesting question because I think that, you know, I don't know. 
Um, but these other games might have not had that same like tradition of, of modding having kept mm-hmm. them alive for so long, whereas that was clearly a central feature of the community for Warcraft 3, right? So it'd, it'd be kind of like if uh, Bethesda, on like a bunch of its you know other franchises, uh, like Dishonored or whatever, you know, had like modding ability or, you know, people figured out how to mod or whatever, but they said, okay, yeah, but we own the mods just so, you know, no one made like a, a something based on the engine and sold it, you know, for whatever justification. And then they tried to do the same thing in the next Fallout game. Fallout has that tradition behind it, and I feel like that's why people are so upset about this. Is, is it, it's a violation of this specific franchise's sort of legacy. And it's also because the game is so darn old. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if you're talking about a recently released game with this happening, then whatever. Um, but you know, it's, it's kind of like Blizzard moves on from this franchise. It's untouched. People get to do whatever they want with, and, and here's an important part. Blizzard was supportive by and large of the creation of mods. I mean, they, they, they had support so that you could mod your game. Pokemon doesn't at all. Um, and so, you know, they, they, they leave this game and it's untouched and it has its own community grow and flourish. And then what do you know? Here swoops in Blizzard. After 17 years of not touching the game, they say, by the way, we now own everything that you've ever created for modding for this game. And I mean, you know, that's. And if, that's if they sudden, weren't going to drastic. show support for mods, they should have been that way from the get go instead of being supportive of it and then years later been like, all your mods are belong to us now. Exactly, exactly. Um, and and Fogmine did point out in the chat there are game companies that have started. Um, he he mentions uh, uh, the makers of Ultimate General, um, but I know the uh, what's it called New World Interactive, the people who made Insurgency. They started off as just people who modded games. Uh, I think it was a mod on Half Life Two Deathmatch or something like that. Yeah, so- something like that. So, I mean. This this practice is, in my opinion, kind kind of unethical because if you're looking at people who who literally make their own assets and writing, and just use the game as sort of a sandbox to do it, and take ownership of the stuff that they modeled and wrote, I mean that that's just that just seems wrong to me. But like I said, it, it's also kind of discouraging for future designers and devs and all all sorts of things. Like, I don't know to, I'll be honest, I don't know to what degree Blizzard was out there saying, like, yes, feel free, have at it, mod away. Um, but if they were being like that and they set that expectation, that it is messed up. However, in the past, when this kind of stuff has come up, and I try to think of, like, a happy medium, the side that always seems to be stubborn ends up being... And I hate to say this, ends up being the gamer side of things. And that where there gets to be a shared ownership of the mods, so modders and the devs can make money off their work, and the gamers were having none of it. It's like, how dare you charge for these mods? Well, when that, when that happened in, uh, with, with Steam specifically, um, Steam was getting a, a load of the profit. Um, and so the, the price, do of we know what percentage, was, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like 30%. I, I, I can't say that confidently, but it was, it was well, something that, that was like 
unusually Because that high. would be pretty standard. That wouldn't really be a load of the profit. You have to think C- about... Compare that to independent mod hosting sites, which ask for donations. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's and and then it starts to kind of meld together. Especially well, I don't know for some how much. I don't know that, much. I don't know how much support the independent sites give and stuff. But if it, like, if you get full support from Blizzard, like, let's say your mod breaks another mod, and Blizzard devs help you figure that out, then I would argue, you know, they deserve that thirty percent cut, or or maybe even more. Now, because the standard platform for these cuts is thirty percent. Do you know of any instance where that happened, where where Blizzard said, "Hey, your mod has an issue. We'll fix it for no, you no. and or resolve the issue." No, but that's why we don't have paid mods by major devs because they haven't come forward with that yet. That's what I was saying. Mm. If if this were to work, that for me would be the benefit because I hate downloading some mods from some places. I don't know if I'm about to f up my PC. Uh. Um, my thing is, or my personal opinion on this stuff, which I think would be great for both of us gamers and devs is actually not just mods, but being able to take assets and package them into your own thing. And we've talked about this, this idea before completely taking some game genres assets and then turning it into some, some other type of game. A joke I've said before is like dark souls, but meets Stardew Valley, you know? Yeah. And um, just change the camera angle, do whatever, all kinds of mechanics of the game, completely change the mechanics of the game, but now the same assets for, for instance, let them do that. But it's a shared profit of like 50, 50 because they're letting you get work off of all the work that the developers did together of often 50 to hundred plus hundreds of team members. Modders get to come in and just take all that asset and then tweak their own stuff. I think it'd be a great way to influence new games, creations, and stuff just to help give them a leg up to be made. And then, again, 50-50 cut I think would be nice. Now, when you said earlier that Steam was taking a load, I automatically assumed that, oh, Steam must have been taking 70% or something like that. Well, but I 30%, mean, the, I the mean, thing is Steam yeah, is taking actually, you, have to keep a, you have to keep in mind that Steam... Uh, they don't own the game that's being yeah, modded. Yeah, they didn't own the game that's being modded. They didn't put any of the work in to make the mods. Their uh, mods. Do we system, know how much Blizzard was taking though? They're, well, no, 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 well, they're taking but, the whole mod. Yeah, the thing is, the, <laughs> when w- this mod thing happened, I don't think Steam was modding any Blizzard games. I think it was mostly like Skyrim, um, and oh, some other games like I'm that. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the freaking thing, getting my devs mixed up. But, but that's what I don't the, think Bethesda the publisher... was taking any profit from it, and and Steam again put nothing into it, and their mod platform is terrible, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a lot of like the uh annoyance behind it but uh, don't get me wrong i think that a lot of people are just annoyed that like wait you, you're telling me that if i want to install nine thousand mods on skyrim it's going to be you know 50 million dollars or what you know, like I, I, <laughs> trust me that that definitely had something to do with it considering how much people mod sorry mm-hmm. uh those bethesda rpgs um but i i do think that there was a little bit of like this sense that well who are you to make a profit off this you know like yeah, and and I mean, especially True, coming from the Steam from, angle, I could see that. Yeah, th- there was no precedent set for paying for mods. It just sort of happened one day, and what people immediately did is they stopped using mods that they had to pay for. That that wasn't any kind of a a pain to to them. You know, some people went ahead and donated, and they 
they bought the mods, but most people were just like, okay, well, I guess I can't use this mod this run, you know. It it's just it, it, what 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 gets me is that essentially the game is functioning as a canvas, right? And just mm-hmm. because I'm using a canvas doesn't mean you own the artwork I create with it. Even though you provided the very basis, the the foundation that I create my art on, you don't own the art that I make because I made it. So so yes, you you own it the 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 basis of it. You you own the foundation that I built it off of. Thank you for that. It's my art. It has my signature on it. You you don't own it just because you sold me the canvas. Um, I th- I think I would like to look into this, but I would think that this would kind of fall into into fair use in terms of what percentage of someone's own creation do they own. You know, obviously they don't well, own the assets the created thing, by Blizzard. Yeah, the unfortunate thing comes down to like the actual specific licensing that comes into play when you're buying a game, whether it be download or physical, we kind of touched on this in a way earlier podcast. Um, when we talked about people reselling games, you know, digital games. Yeah. Mm. And there's speakle, uh, specific legalese that gets into it of like, even though what you said sounds great, Moose, and makes a lot of sense, like, damn you, I painted this. Just because I painted it on your canvas doesn't mean you own this artwork. That sounds nice in a perfect world without lawyers. Well, what's what's going to happen is people are just going to stop painting all over that. They're not they're not going to say, oh, "Okay, it's fine. You can you can own everything that I create." They're just going to stop painting. There you go. I mean, yeah, in pe- this people case, don't they'll, need they'll, to do that stop to survive. Yeah. yeah, the thing is, I mean, there's all kinds of weird things like that. Like, uh, did you know that tattoo artists actually own the tattoos that they put on, like NBA players and stuff? Yeah, but they yeah. don't own the skin. But they own the design on the when, skin. When the NBA um, signs deals to put them in on the players in video games and stuff, they have to get permissions from the tattoo artists. Well, that that makes a lot more sense than uh, to me, though fundamentally, because again, it's their it's their intellectual property. It's their design like, that they created and they put on. Fundamentally, the within a mod, generally spe- like. I don't know. I don't because you do get a lot of variation within mods, right? So it's it's hard to say, you know if we basically what I was gonna say is that you can have a mod that basically introduce all uh, introduces all new models and stuff. You know, it just interfaces with uh, with what's already there, or you can have a mod that takes models out and manipulates them and then puts them back in. And those are two different things, but uh, fundamentally, this this tattoo artist has a design that is their piece of intellectual property. Uh, a person has paid them to, you know, put that piece of intellectual property on on their body somewhere, right? And now someone else wants to take that IP and put it in another thing, right? And so it makes sense to me that uh, in the same way that you know the person uh, sort of paid the tattoo artist to tattoo it onto them, that someone would, you know, that they need to pay for the use of their intellectual property. And so I could kind of see the argument for that in the case of mods that manipulate pre-existing assets and stuff that makes sense um but generally speaking i think that for a uh how'd you say for for a mod system where the developer the you know the game company always gets a cut to really make sense to me they would have to make it so that mods could only be installed through like their specific platform as opposed to something like nexus you know because i i feel like even if they said okay now 
you know, we're going to get a cut of all mods. People just make mods that could interface with it. You know, find some sort of workaround and put them up on Nexus, you know? Like, they'd have to enforce it very, I don't know, rigorously. Well, so, in the... This is going to seem like a tangent, but don't worry, I'm going to wrap it around. In the very beginning of Apple's App Store, um, every single app had to go through them rigorously to be approved and tested and made sure it worked flawlessly for the iPhone. Mm-hmm. For those select mods that they would try to do a 50-50 cut, um, if they're sold through their platform and everything, and they're polished and they're known to work with other XYZ mods, or they're set to code to where they have to work with all these other paid mods, uh-huh. how is that not better for everyone? Especially if well, it's only if it's reasonable stuff like two dollar, three dollar mods, uh, things like that. It's, it's you know? interesting because Bethesda has already basically done something like this. I can't remember what it's called. It's called, it's called the Creation Club. Yes, um, thank you. They they partner with modders and they get some of the profit, and the modders get some of the profit. It costs money. It's on the front page of their Creation Club store or it's a also, page of their Creation Club. It's also there store. as soon as you open Fallout Four. Yeah, it's it's. Really I obvious. Four in years. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I mean, it wasn't there at launch. It's a more recent uh, addition to the game. Not like within the last six months or anything. It's a couple years old now, I imagine. But... Yeah, yeah, two, two or so. I don't know. Basically, I think that there are probably ways that the game companies could try and reap some profit from the modding community. I don't think this is the best way to do it. Although I, I feel like they're not really trying to reap profit directly from the uh, modding community. I think they're trying to account for if someone makes something that blows up, they have the right to it. I don't think that they necessarily are looking to make profit on any uh, individual like given mod, if that makes sense. Which, uh, ironically, now I think they've set it up so that no one will create the next Dota 2. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so so there you go. I mean, you've, you've solved the problem by eliminating the chance that anyone creates anything of note because they would like to own what they make. So, I mean, I think, I think they're just, they're just choking out their own community. It's, it's like what happens with YouTube and massive copyright claims. Um, then you just get videos that pander to, to the algorithm. The entire quality goes down because of the system that you set up to make sure that, you know, everyone owns their everything. Um, even when they're overextending and, making false claims and all sorts of stuff like that. So I think, you know, there you go. Rest, rest in peace, Blizzard. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to die from this. I don't think they are. No. I think it's just another, another piece of wood on the burn pile after the whole free Hong Kong. Well, yeah, there, debacle. there's a lot of other stuff going on with Blizzard right now. And essentially, see, I was never like a Blizzard fanboy. When I started getting into Blizzard, I'm like, oh, I can see why there's fanboys. Um, but then it, they've just been on the decline since then. They're pretty much going the way of Bethesda right now, in my opinion. And um, see, the thing I is, I don't know. It's just not looking good. I've always kind of disliked Blizzard, so I'm, I'm always, I'm uh, secretly, I'm just sort of like, yes. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I get that they made a lot of classic games and all that, but since I've become particularly aware of them. A lot of their behavior has been sort of like, I don't really like that. So the fact that they're not doing so well does not break my heart. I mean, if they turn around, good for them. <laughs> well, there's not much more to say on this. It's just, what, what are you doing, Blizzard? 
Like, they need to have a whiteboard keeping track of all the shortfalls and, like, hiccups they've had and be like, do we have room for another one? No, we don't. Let's let's do something nice instead. <laughs> um, Luca, you had a story that was pretty interesting. Oh, oh, we have an absolute mad lad here. Let me uh, let me pull it up. So, um, I'm I'm going to just read the title of the article that I found on this because I I don't really know how else to introduce this. U.S. court forced to tell player that video game bans are not civil rights violations. So this is a gamers' rights, yeah, story is what you're saying. Gamers, gamers rise up and demand rights, I guess. <laughs> um, so uh, basically, what has happened here is a a a, a young man who uh, streams on Twitch, uh, from what I understand, got got muted in a game, and uh, filed a handwritten lawsuit trying to uh, trying to get unmuted. Would you would you like to guess which game it is, Moose? Because he's the only one that hasn't heard about this. Um, was it was it? Uh, I have no clue. There's there's too many it's games. Runesca- it's Runescape. It's Runescape. No, it's Runescape. Runescape. Of, of, of yeah, Runescape. Of course, it's Runescape. Why wouldn't it be? It makes perfect sense, right? And uh, would you like to know uh, what he initially tried to uh, file the lawsuit under? Uh, well, seeing as how you read the headline to me, I'm going to guess it was a civil rights violation. Well, okay, but can you guess which, like, specific law? I mean, I know you're Canadian, but... Freedom of speech? No. 14th Amendment. For those of you who don't know, that's the one that uh, freed the slaves in the South after after the Civil War, slash towards the end of it. Okay, that's an interesting choice. Huh. <laughs> Your silence was my first reaction as well. <laughs> that's, you know, hey... Everybody, uh, everybody does their own thing, and that guy, I guess, just picks random numbers. <laughs> what? Okay, okay, interesting. Um, his logic was that, uh, basically, he was getting "quote unquote" unequal treatment, right? Because other people weren't muted, and and he was looking for compensation of whatever the jury sees fit. Along with being unmuted in RuneScape, so he he sounds very chill, very chill. Uh, of course, he he appealed this. He uh, he actually changed the lawsuit. What he was trying to get it, uh, sort of do this under, you know, what, what law he was appealing to, um, to uh, the Civil Rights Act for for some reason, which mm-hmm. uh, basically, if you don't know, uh, means roughly speaking that people of various sort of like special interests are. Like, women and, and you know people of various races and sexualities and everything have equal protection and, and businesses can't discriminate against them and stuff right um mm-hmm. however at no point did he actually allege that uh, in his meeting had anything to do with any of the protected categories so i don't know what he was thinking there either um so why? <laughs> like, was he just bored one Tis day? Is the question. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't know. Man, I'd really like to fill out some legal paperwork. Uh, let, me, let me get banned in RuneScape chat. But this guy has also filed like ten lawsuits in the past year or something like that, which I, I think you know 
uh, gives you gives you a little bit more context. But you wanna you wanna you wanna get the nail on the head. You wanna get the final piece of information here to make this all make sense. To really flesh out this character, if you will. Yes. Yeah, yeah, this absolute it. mad lad. Uh, I'm. This is a quote from the article. Uh, Ellen Sari runs a Twitch channel called The 420 Streamer, in which he says he was suspended from law school for legalizing weed. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Play, play that back again from yeah, just yeah, in case. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the man, the man, uh, the man who filed this lawsuit. His name is Ellen Sari. Ellen Sari runs a Twitch channel called The 420 Streamer, in which he says he was suspended from law school for legalizing weed. And that is a Did... quote. Wow, that's um. Uh, Apparently, you can legalize weed at will. Yeah, and and when you, you do, you get student. suspended. <laughs> I I just it's I... illegal to legalize weed. I don't know. Wow. Like so. So obviously, this to... isn't a this isn't a serious. Uh, uh, well, he might have been serious, but obviously, this is not. Oh, I'm a sure he was serious. serious. Uh, impact on on the gaming community are are there are there other instances of this happening? Because I don't know. This I is I hope me so. Thinking. I I really hope so. Actually, no. And, and no, I, no, I don't mean I from this guy. Back. I mean, I mean people saying you can't ban me in your game because violation of free speech. I thought you were asking other people's legalizing weed. I'm like, no, I don't. Oh no, I'm I'm else. off that topic already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking into it now. See, uh, I, like I I I can't. I'm like imagine there haven't been people that have tried to appeal to like you know the First Amendment you know like oh freedom of speech and expression blah blah blah. However, I I fail to concede. I I fail to my my imagination is not powerful enough to imagine like the num any any mass of people who think the Fourteenth Amendment has anything to do with this situation. I I'm one hundred percent convinced this man is in every way unique and needs to be put in museum. We need we need to contain him for study and for future generations to enjoy and gawk at. This is important. This is history. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. That's a um. That, that that's an interesting story. I I was expecting something a little bit more grounded in reality. That that guy seems to be forging his own path in the world. You know. Legalizing his own things. I I do I do legitimately want to know like how did he legalize weed in law school, right? Because because West uh, West mentioned earlier he made a crack about him just walking into class one day and being like, so guys, you know, picked up some paper and a pen on the way here and you know just just legalized weed. Just you know by the way, just so you all know, and like you know just like lights up a blunt or something. Right? Well, it was it was actually the RuneScape law school that he went to. Um, oh, for handling inter inter guild affairs, um, are you saying like he just used a mod like a drop down menu? It's like weed, check legalize. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's what that's what he did. So so he legalized it in RuneScape, but he thought that that would have real world implications. So so he kind of went down that path. That's 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 very that's very interesting. I am curious to see if if like people have in the past. Fogman says maybe he declared his dorm room as an independent country. <laughs> I mean, this could also be true. That that's actually uh, 
That actually sounds like something. Maybe he I could found totally a loophole, and this is like, like, like we're laughing at this guy, but maybe he's like a prodigy of a law student, and he found a legal loophole <laughs> that made it to where his dorm room is now a small nation state. Wow, where weed is legal. Anyway, that that does make me that does make me wonder about whether or not, um, whether or not other people who have been banned from from game chat has have tried to use legal means to get unbanned it probably has it, happened and it and probably didn't go i haven't in their found favor. anything yet okay well, i found more lawsuits about people suing gaming clans for oppressive contracts but not too many lawsuits from gamers i've seen some stuff about cops actually being called out to people for talking too much smack online <laughs> oh gosh and it's like you said you would do xyz to someone's mother well his mother is filing in a complaint. <laughs> wow! God, can you, go. you can like you that. imagine like your like twelve year old son, you know, threatening to you know like whatever some guy's mom, you know, and like next thing you know, you're getting hit with a lawsuit. You know, you're having to pay however much money to defend your son because he was shit posting on Xbox Live. Like, that's beautiful. That's fucking absolutely beautiful. So. I, I don't know if you guys are ready for this, right? But 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 I did have I, there were there were some other some other topics that I wanted to cover just briefly. Um, mm-hmm. Following up with last week, we talked a lot about Tim Tim last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes, do you do you have any do you have any more developed thoughts on the matter, or has it just been you know, think, same old same I think, old? I think Tim Tim has a long road ahead. It's suffering from growing pains because its servers are up and down. Still. Because there's so many people wanting to play. Dang. Um, I mean, you're taking like an, a, a Kickstarter and making them complete with the number one, um, complete, number one, man, I need coffee. You're making a Kickstarter compete with the number one IP that has ever existed in the history of man. And people are hungry for it. Because the number one IP has been letting them down as of late, you know? The funny thing... And so... Sorry. But no one... I haven't seen too much, like, hateful rhetoric towards it. They're like... People have been like, okay, glad you got the servers back up. Like, no death threats or anything yet. People just want to play Tim Tim. The the funny thing about it is that last week, you know, it it seemed like such like a... Or was it the week before that we talked about it? Um, Mm -hmm. It seemed like, you know, such like a small little, like... I'd never heard of it. It just seemed like something you caught on the wind or whatever, you know, I was like, Oh, I wonder how this will go. Right. Um, but I, I started talking to people who, you know, I seemed like the, the type to be into the Pokemons, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, multiple of them were aware of it coming out. And then even people who like, I can't imagine them playing anything, but call of duty had heard of it all. You know, like it, it seemed to like very quickly get a lot of like, you know, word on the street status, you know, um, and so it, I, I'm not surprised that it has, uh, growing pains as you phrased it, though. I, I do find it interesting that people aren't getting annoyed about it. I think that's a good sign. Yeah. Now I, I did see some stuff online and I was hoping that maybe you could, you could fill into, to the validity of some of these, uh, some of these claims, because one thing that I, that I saw was that Tim Tim is absurdly grind based once you get to a certain point have you have you gotten there yet or i haven't gotten to that point yet okay 
because someone was talking about, you know, how he's going through fighting the dojo trainers and stuff like that. And the amount of grinding that he has to do in a particularly slow fashion um, is really slowing him down. Um, and, you know, the, like the, the money is really tight. Um, and and a, a, a few a few other stuff like that. Um, and, and I don't know, it kind of it kind of maybe brought me down to earth a little bit. Of course, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily sold on Tim Tim from the start. You know, I was kind of watching cautiously because it does seem to be so much inspired from Pokemon and Pokemon as it is really didn't continuously grab my attention. Um, but but he kind of he kind of brought up some stuff where it's like, you know, thinking about uh, the world design, how you can find different Tim Tims in different regions. Uh, that's cool in concept, but what it makes you do is it makes you just put certain Tim Tim away in your storage box and then use things that are strong against the prevailing type of that region. Um, so, yeah, I was I was just uh, one trying to trying to do an update. Um, but by all accounts, it seems like it is. I don't want to say stable because the servers aren't stable, um, but the the kind of appreciation of it is, you know, a weekend. It's not fleeting. Um, it's you know, still got people who are playing it and enjoying it and there's stuff that it advertises. It's it's not just like a oh thank goodness this is the this is the Pokemon. So one weekend it survived. Let's let's see how much longer it can go, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh a good measure would be Well, no, that wouldn't be a good measure. Completely different game. Apex Legends kinda it was like so strong for weeks and then it really dropped off. It's yeah. it's like the three month line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and what I've noticed is that a lot of games, three months determines whether or not it's going to be the big thing or the small thing. And if you're the culling two, it's one day. <laughs> Actually, that's that's an interesting time horizon you set there because I've heard um, three months uh, related to like the public's memory for like things like news and events and and scandals and stuff. And so it, I find it interesting that maybe there's some correlation there to where you know if a game doesn't really like capture people's interest you know like oh yeah sure it's in the back of their mind and they still launch it now again but after you know three or so months it, it sort of doesn't feel current anymore it's you know oh that thing i was into a while back potentially i don't know that's that's just spitballing but i, I find that an interesting time frame that you mentioned yeah yeah i, I mean it's just it's just what i've noticed from from uh, being around games <laughs> you know you know i don't know enough about the earliest history of pokemon to know what efforts did they have going for like did the cartoon come out at the same time was it a little bit later was the games from the cartoon what have you so um i'm pretty sure that the cartoon came out after the after the i'm sorry the um the anime we like to call it anime here we're very oh, proper yeah, we're... i think no. that the anime came out after the original digital media um, My point being is that I I saw some older clips of like the Pokemon cartoons, animes, whatever, um, <laughs> back in the day, and it was just reminded me of like, oh yeah, that like Pokemon was life for so many kids back in the days. Like it was their Saturday mornings and everything, you know. And even the way they designed their Pokemon, simple to draw, like you know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's not always like a hodgepodge of like 
random shapes and parts. As we're, as a lot of the legendaries and, became. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We're like it seems like some of the Tim Tams do kind of have that look of like, oh, we're just gonna throw random shapes and then give it a set of eyes and nose. <laughs> I've I've noticed that, that. However, people are I saying mean, it that shouldn't be that is... harsh, but like you know, I mean, like maybe with Pokemon, they start like you could have some. It's like that's just a caterpillar, man, with yeah. a Pokemon name, and that's fine. Start with that. Just how way back when you had freaking uh, Charizard, just an orange lizard with a round head and a flamey tail. Like start small. Like we don't have to have these intricate things. But I don't know. Well, I, I mean, all, also I haven't seen all the Tim Tim, so maybe I should hold my tongue on this. But I feel like uh, it's easier to grow fond of those earlier Pokemon where some of the Tim Tim seem more alien at first. And I also need more backstory of the Tim Tim, just how the Pokemon, each one has a cool backstory or some, or some, something or another. Just, just a little bit of really fluff. Really eerie. Yeah, just something. Yeah. Now, um, now, Luca, have you have you seen a lot of Tim Tim or any Tim Tim at all? I like uh, gameplay or the Tim the Tim tie themselves. Um, unfortunately, I've been traveling, uh, so I, I haven't really had time to look into it. Um, so no, I haven't. But uh, if you mind, I'm gonna jump back and answer uh, what West asked before about like uh, the order that things came out. I looked it up real oh, quick. Yeah. It seems that uh, the games came out. It looks like first, then very quickly after that, relative, you know, within like a year or and a bit. It seems like they came out the trading card game and the television series. So it seems like it was very much like either it blew up and they rushed it really quick to get you know all the supporting media out, or it was some sort of like pre-planned uh, I, com- I completely forgot about the Pokemon cards too I, yeah. I was wondering <laughs> yeah. Tim cards. the reason I, I actually looked it up is I was wondering if the uh, Pokemon cards came out first because the really old Pokemon cards I think said Pocket Monsters on the back yes they, they, they did but uh, yeah. no Tim Tim does uh, Tim, 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 the, Tim, does Tim Pokemon Tim. have a digital version of the card game <sighs> yes they do um, because you can, when you buy the physical packs, there are codes for the online thing. I remember because I, because I unboxed a Mew, and then a bunch of people were like, mm, "Bro, give me codes." <laughs> okay, so. just brushing over that, uh, you know that that, that <laughs> beautiful but, performance but real it's, quick. It's interesting that you talk about the the Tim Tim design because I I agree with you, um, West, on that in terms of like. They do seem to be a little bit more abstract, but I've found that by and large, a lot of people enjoy how they look more than the uh, standard Pokemon, um, which is, of course, because because the newer Pokemon have certain um, certain design quirks that people aren't as much of a fan of. But but a lot of people are saying that they that they like how they look more. Um, so that, that was one thing that yeah, I was just curious yeah. about seeing seeing if you've gotten any, because, of course, I, I'm not sold on it yet. I haven't bought it yet. Um, and I'm not sure if I will. I'm hopeful. I, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of a Pokemon game that doesn't have, you know, a release every three years and instead updates over time, which what is what seems to be the, the path that they're headed down. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I'm kind of staying back. So I wanted to check in with that for sure. Yeah, I'm hoping they keep it going, but I would like to see, well, I like underdog stories and I like competition. Um, and so I may be unfairly pitting this game against Pokemon <laughs> too soon, you know? 
but it's like, well, if you if you're gonna literally use Pokemon in your sales pitch of like Pokemon inspired, well, I'm gonna have to compare you to at all times. That's and, true. Um, no, I, I I agree with that completely, because when you look at how similar they are, you, it would be it would be wrong not to draw the comparison. You know, it's like it's like Dark Souls and all the other Souls Bornero games. You, you just you just have to compare them. They're they're that similar. I I get what you mean. So um, what? Go on. I had more of an open question. No, why, why, why um, don't we? Yeah, because I was just gonna go back to uh the character designs for a minute, but why don't you just mm-hmm. go on? Well, uh, is there any childhood game that you think someone should make a a comparator to, and how would they improve it? Are we talking like our personal childhoods or g- well, like general? Childhood I shouldn't games? say. I should say games of yesteryear, so like okay. early Pokemon days, like Mario, things like that. Like, what could we do differently in this day and age? Like, if a competitor were to come out with a game, like, what would a Mario's and Luigi look like? Uh, now, now, are we excluding the possibility of just complete reboots of games that have been long gone? <laughs> Because cause my first thought was uh, the, the pod racing game for the N64. Actually, that did come into my mind as well. I, I think, Look, we, I think I we've like, talked about I, that I think on previous podcasts. I think, I, think, I think we have a collective desire for that game to come back. <laughs> Look, I like the pod racing. I don't know where people's complaints were on that, but yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's just, it's just it'd, be, it'd be nice to have it new again. Um, and if we're talking about not maybe, like, maybe... No, 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 no. It, it doesn't just need to be new. It needs to be not what it was on the Xbox Connect. Because that Ooh. was a fucking nightmare. That was an Ooh. abomination. That was mm, bad. Okay, Man. just bad. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to slip that in there. It needs to be new and not bad. Okay, well, <laughs> I have very strong oh. feelings on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can tell. I can tell. But yeah, no. Uh, as far as like childhood games that that I'd like to see a competitor to. Or like a, a sort of like spiritual successor potentially. Um, God, I'd have to really think about that because like a, a quite a few of the franchises that I played as a kid are still around in, in like one form or another, you know. Um, so it, it's actually I think I would like to see something put Zelda on its heels. Ooh, yeah, that's a yeah. That, that that's a that's an interesting idea because Zelda has had a pretty like, steady like, number like some of, of the same releases. Same same of some of the same aesthetic, but maybe not the quirky Japanese controls. <laughs> the controls are, okay. are what get you over Zelda. It's just it's. I don't like to ha- look. I'm happy for those people who mid battle like to freeze and then shuffle through an inventory system of skills and sets or weapons or whatever. Not for you. But I don't want to have to go into an inventory system mid battle. I want to be able to just hit my moves, like whatever skills I've equipped, like I hit them and they're like God of War is a good one with that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Well I mean, you know, Legend of Zelda's been been mostly successful on oh, releases I, the, the bad ones are the mm-hmm. in the, the the ds ones really um except for link between worlds because even that one was good but it, it is interesting because there aren't many games left 
that are that kind of standard adventure game. Um, yeah, that that's sort of like innocent fantasy almost. Or like yeah, fa- yeah, and, and I, and I kind of, I'm not sure if I talked about this on the podcast, but, you know, I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls 3 recently, um, and I was kind of reflecting on how Dark Souls 3 kind of revitalized a very linear style of gameplay that was sort of on its way out. Not Dark Souls 3, I mean the Dark Souls franchise. Dark Souls, I mean, obviously, it was restarted by Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Um, uh, but 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 it's interesting to look at that because, you know, I, I can't think of games that, that have that same kind of style um, where, you know, you go to the infamous water temple. It's, it's always, there's always a water temple in those sorts of games, right? Um, and sort of using tools to better explore a a pseudo open world game um i I, i've got to say i wasn't thinking that i would agree with you because like i said legend of zelda pretty successful but it would be nice to see a fresh take on that sort of game formula um because i can't think of any others that have done that in that kind of fantasy style like a like a like a true adventure game that isn't you know mature and with guns because i I know a lot of people would probably say that the uncharted games and um the tomb raider games are adventure games as well but those are yeah that's what was just coming to mind as well but those are very different in in style (laughs) (laughs) um like i I know nothing of the gods and monsters game and what the gameplay is like um, that's the one by Ubisoft has been delayed yet again, like every, all the other games. <laughs> but it's got a very Zelda look to it. Mm-hmm. Oh. But that's about it. <laughs> I don't know what else it's going to be offering. Um, yeah. The, the I only- mean, P- Pokemon is obviously on the list, but it seems like people are already redoing Pokemon. Yeah, because so. <laughs> we still have Ooblets down the pipeline. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> Oh man, I forgot about that again. <laughs> oh, ooblets. I feel, I feel like that's just gonna be a just gonna be an inside joke. Not really an inside joke, just a joke in general. It might be just be Doom to it's like niche. Ooh, okay. You mentioned Doom. Um, I did watch a video about the the design of uh the new demon enemies in Doom Eternal, and the kind of mm-hmm. redesign in that. Um, and maybe maybe this will make a better topic for um, a podcast where where we don't have just like a few minutes wrapping up. But it was very interesting to see how they kind of approached it because um, when a lot of people play Doom, it's it's the mindless run and gun and shoot sort of thing. Um, but I I think that is a an an accolade to how well designed the formula is, rather than a detriment to how to how kind of brain dead it is, because they were talking about each uh, enemy design that they were bringing in and what that meant for how the game plays. Uh, and they described it in two ways. Uh, one way was like a dance and the other way was like chess. So they're describing, mm-hmm. you know, you have the pawn pieces that you just sort of, you know, the little, the little dregs that you just deal with and you kind of swipe away. And then you have the bigger ones that force you to rethink your strategy. Um, and then like a dance is important because, you know, it's about movement. It's about switching up your weapons and, using the the most effective strategy to deal with the strengths and weaknesses of each relative enemy um and so i, I don't know maybe 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 we could talk about that more on another you know podcast. as you were describing that just then it sounded like you were describing 
what the combat was like for God of War. Yeah. Because there would be times when you can just kind of sweep and swoop and just just kicking ass left and right. Essentially, I, I can think of a nicer phrase to put it. Because um, <laughs> saying kicking butt sounded too silly. Um, yeah. But there would be other times where there's been people that just flat, like even though you're the God of War, like the first time you interact with them, they just put you on your ass. Like mm. immediately. And you're like, oh, okay, I can't just go in there. Um, chains of blazing, you know? And so you would come into later to where you have like, okay, so I have the usual pawns and now I got three of those blue dudes that you got to get up close and personal with, but the swarm you want to keep at a distance. Well, now I got to fight both far and close at the same time, but God of War gives you the skill set to do that. So you're like slinging people afar from one hand um, grabbing another dude up close and like slamming him into a rock or something like that. You could do all of that. And it was like, it, it was like chess to where you're not allowed to stop. Like you have to, you always have to have your um, hand on a chess piece moving and doing it like that. That's kind of what God of War felt like in the back half of the game. Yeah. So, so was, anyone who could do that, that sounds awesome. It, it, it was a, it was a sort of interesting thing to think about because, um, it it's showed the surface of the the depth of design and thought into creating what people might regard as mindless experiences um mm-hmm. because you know doom you run around and you shoot things but they put a lot of thought into that um and it was fairly interesting to see i was a little disappointed though because i was expecting the video to be talking about how they designed these um older creatures from doom 2 and uh maybe it was the first Doom, I don't know, how they took these older designs and updated them and the considerations they took and transferring it from sprites to the new Doom, talking about the change in aesthetics and stuff like that. It was less about that, which was a little bit disappointing. Um, but it was interesting nonetheless, and I figured that I would I would share that because, I don't know, it kind of it opened a little mental, mental gateway. And before we wrap this up, a game that you guys really should try out if you want to play a game that kind of has your mind working all the time in a good way and not because, like, you're playing, like, a horror game or something like that. You really need to check out Outer Wilds. It really is a game that is just... It, it's a puzzle game. So if you don't like puzzle games or discovery mystery games, don't play it. But <laughs> if you even have a little bit of interest in it, you really should check it out. Uh, yeah, and then um, yeah, so you, you did see, uh, just yeah. catch the end. Yeah, I would like to thank them for subscribing though with Twitch Prime, which is always nice, guys. If you don't know, if you have Amazon, you got Twitch Prime, and Twitch Prime is a free subscription. So isn't it Amazon Prime? Well, Amazon Prime and Twitch Prime are one of the same. Yeah, so but if you, you said have, if you have Amazon, Amazon, you get Twitch. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to. I didn't free. mean to throw you off there. <laughs> no. No problem. But we are going to wrap this up. Thanks for joining in, and thanks for joining the chat here. And we will see you guys next week. Remember, all of our content's on heavyshelf.com. Discord, we're always going to be in there for conversation. Check us out there. You can find all of our links in the bottom panel below, and we will see you again next week.